Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. On today's show, we are thrilled to be joined by another All-American from the 2020 Division I Women's College Tennis season. Today's player posted a 19-7 record in singles, 13-7 in doubles, accumulated win of wins over players such as Alexa Graham, Kelly Chen, Michaela Gordon, and Alicia Bolton. I, of course, am talking about Cal women's team freshman, uh, Haley Giovara, who joins the show alongside of her uncle and coach, Ken Giovara, to talk about how they were able to work together to, you know, put together this sort of season for Haley's freshman year. They talk about, you know, from Ken's perspective, how he worked to train Haley in a different, with a different sort of mindset than the stereotypical uh, junior's mindset, how it was all development-based, how, you know, short-term gains may have been sacrificed uh, for the purpose of long-term benefit. He talks about how, you know, with Haley growing up, their their strategy was, you know, miss everything long, play big, go for your shots. And even if you're missing through the 10s, the 12s, the 14s, even into the 16s, have faith that the work you have put in on the court, the work they put in on the court together would pay dividends come the 18s and as you can see for Haley being a freshman All-American, it obviously has. I wanted to ask Haley as well, what is that adjustment like going from you know the highest uh, echelons of the juniors uh, to the top ranking, uh, to playing against top ranking college players, how she felt her game translated to the highest stages of college tennis, what she feels like she still has to gain uh, from the college tennis world, and again, what it was like for her to spend three, four months on campus and then all of a sudden have things shut down, what that experience was like for her and you know what her and her uncle Ken again are doing now uh, to stay in shape during this quarantine period and how they are managing you know to not burn out and stay focused on developing and of course we have fun as well uh, talking about their family dynamic what it's like to have someone who is related to you who is your uncle serve as your coach as well how you know they work to collaborate with one another uh, to ensure that they get the best tennis results out of Haley that she is confident when she's stepping onto the court and so it's a fascinating conversation that I know all of you listeners will enjoy of course the reason we are able to have these conversations day in day out on our Cracked Interviews podcast is because of the support we get from our friends at Midwest Sports. And when it comes to Midwest Sports, support is the word word you want to use because they have apologies for the word salad there. Let's try that one more time. West off, give me a rewind sound effect, please. Well, when you talk about Midwest sports, support is the word you want to use uh, because they have been supporting tennis players around the globe by serving as one of the world's premier tennis equipment suppliers uh, for more than 20 years. It's because they are one of the top online stores with a tennis warehouse of over 40,000 square feet that offers a comprehensive selection of fast shipping tennis supplies that few retailers can match. They also have one of the largest in-stock inventories of tennis equipment online with 10 of thousands of products available for shipping directly from that 40,000 square foot warehouse to your front door. They value innovation and have personally tailored their products to highlight your skills on the court. And maybe you don't have an Uncle Ken in your life like Haley did. Maybe you don't have someone who you can turn to 
for equipment advice. Well, rest assured, the well-trained staff at Midwest Sports are intimately familiar with tennis equipment and can help you find that perfect racket, perfect shoe, or perfect piece of clothing that is sure to put you ahead of the competition. Their selections of tennis equipment are consistently first to market, and they pride themselves in stocking their tennis warehouse with the newest products at the lowest prices. You can find all of these tennis products, all of these low prices, by going to their website, MidwestSports.com. When you do, you're going to want to order yourself up some stuff. We are all looking forward to making our returns to the tennis court, and of course, maybe you don't have the sh- you know your shoes aren't in the condition they once were, or you heard my conversation with Dave Limke on the Great Shot Podcast, and you learned, hey, maybe I should be stringing my racket more than I am because I really haven't restrung this since 2018. Uh, well, then don't rest assured. Again, you can find everything you need by going to MidwestSports.com. They'll have strings. They'll have advice for you. And the good news is once you want to order yourself up some stuff, you can save even more money. By using our promo code CR15, you will get 15% off all of your purchases. You will also get 75 uh, free two-day shipping Excuse me, on all orders ex- exceeding $75. And then best of all, they will also send you a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls to once again ensure that you have everything you need for when you make your return to the tennis court. So go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15 to let them know that we sent you there. We are so grateful for their continued support. The least we can do is ask you to support them as well. MidwestSports.com. The promo code is CR15. All right. With that being said, let's get to my conversation with the Giovaras, Haley and Ken, right now. Joining us on the podcast today is a coaching player duo that has had quite a bit of success in 2020. Let's start on the player side, as there were few freshmen who were recently named All-American amongst the Division I women, but we are fortunate enough to be joined by one of them, a freshman All-American for her Cal Berkeley Bears this year, Haley Giovara. Haley, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Of course, it is our pleasure. And joining us as well on the line, her uncle and coach, Ken Giovara. Ken, thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having us. Of course, it is my pleasure. So let's start with you, Haley. I know this year end to you know your freshman season is not what you could have possibly imagined, but to be named an ITA All-American, what does that mean to you? It means so much. I went into Berkeley with the goal of becoming All-American and to accomplish it my first year is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Was it the sort of thing you set out with the expectation of doing as a freshman or was it a long-term goal? I knew I wanted to do it my freshman year, but I, it was more of a long-term thing. So for it to happen my freshman year was unreal. It was just the best feeling ever. Oh, I can only imagine, Ken, for you to get to see that, not just from your you know, star pupil, but from your niece as well. That's got to be a pretty cool accomplishment. Yeah, it was, it was a great accomplishment. I, I knew going in, she was going to be one of the uh, better players in the country. And uh, just to start off the, the fall and winter with uh, her record was four and one against top 10 players in the country. So I knew she was having a strong season and, and, you know, that's one of the goals she set for herself and, accomplished it right off the bat. 
Mm-hmm. And for you, Haley, to get wins over players like Alexa Graham and Kelly Chen and Michaela Gordon, you know, what was working for you so well? Why do you think your game, your personality translated so well to college tennis? Well, the way I developed it over time was through hitting with older people and harder hitters. So when I came to the college level, it was just natural for my game to take off like that. And those matches, they weren't e- they weren't the easiest matches ever, but you know, getting through them really solidified my game. Mm-hmm. How did you like the transition to no ad scoring? Not well. It took some adjustment. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, there is something to that sudden death nature. Is it more about confidence in the big points than it is, you know, confidence and execution? Are those the two biggest things? Yeah, you can't play defensive on those points. You have to keep with your aggressive style that you've been playing with throughout the match. And then that's how you win the point. But if you play defensive, then you're going to lose that point. Yeah, no, definitely. And on the flip side, Ken, how do you think Haley, you know, why was she so well prepared for that change in format? Well, I think, uh, you know, everything we throw at Haley as a uh, as a junior and through development was being able to handle the situation and having the confidence based on how prepared she was to rely on her strength, which is actually obviously uh, hitting the ball hard, being aggressive, being offensive. And I think when those moments come, her tendency is to, like you said, be aggressive, play your game, and and if she loses, she loses, but make sure you go down playing your game. So she always had the has the confidence to play her game. I think that really helped in, in those moments with the no ad scoring. Mm-hmm. Did you get to attend any of her matches? Yeah, I actually was at the uh, the fall tournament in Newport where she beat Michaela Gordon and uh, Alexa Graham, and uh, I was at the Pepperdine match. And, you know, we keep in constant contact. The The coaches up at Cal do an excellent job of, you know, keeping me in the loop as a private coach. And, and the contact's been great. And that's, you know, one of the main reasons why we selected Cal. So it, it worked out really – I'm really happy with how it worked out because there was a time at the end where we were deciding if she should stay on the pro tour or go to Cal. And, uh, you know, Haley had five top 200 WTA wins last year. So we were pretty – pretty torn but i'm really happy with the decision we made and and cal's been awesome and the experience has just been fantastic Mm -hmm. and i do want to get back to that decision but just another quick question for you kind of curious is it more stressful watching those matches now knowing that there's not just the individual aspect but the team aspect as well an added dimension of stress uh i think the added dimension of stress is more when i'm watching them on tv on the uh, the live stream (laughs) Mm-hmm. And I can't like look at her and she can't look at me or whatever. But uh, uh, I don't know. I just we always went towards the pressure rather than away. Mm-hmm. And uh, being in the thick of it and, and, you know, playing number one and and watching her battle through and grow as a competitor. And obviously the I wouldn't say it's more pressure or less pressure, but it's definitely a different pressure playing in the team environment and having people depend on you to get that point. And I'm just really proud of the way uh, she went out there and handled that. Yeah, what I have learned is there's nothing more stressful than being a coach or being an observer who has, you know, an, a motive or you want someone to win. And it's, it's just stressful. You're like, I have no control. This is horrible. Get me out of this scenario as quickly as possible. And I'm like, I don't even have stakes in the matches anymore. But, uh, yeah, I, can, I 
totally sympathize with that stress. For you, Haley, talking about that translation, because obviously you did have quite a bit of success this season, and you know you had had success on the pro tour beforehand. But I'm curious, you know, how did you view your development through your, you know, how was college tennis beneficial to your development through that first year? And again, why do you think your game was able to translate as successfully as it was? Well, like we said about the pressure, it is a different type of pressure than what you face on the pro tour because you do have matches and wins relying on you. And that's just so different than the pro tour because you're just relying on yourself out there. But when you have others relying on you, it just makes you focus so much harder. And then I saw that translate to pro tournaments where I was just calmer because it was just me and I wasn't as frantic in pro tournaments. Mm-hmm. And for you, was it fun to play in the team environment? Yeah, I loved it. Mm-hmm. It, it again, in terms of adding the different layer of stress, I guess for you personally, getting to play, you know, beyond the sideline for those matches, how difficult was that? How enjoyable was it for you to get to just play tennis in a team environment for once? It was so enjoyable because tennis is so individualized. Where when you have teammates, it's so it's so much more fun, and it's like you can look over to the court next to you and encourage them. Then they're giving you energy back and you can feel that in your matches. Mm -hmm. And ultimately looking back again, do you think you made the right decision going to Cal and you know, why was Cal the school for you? I definitely think I made the right decision. Cal was a school for me because I knew I wanted to stay in California, but I didn't want to be too far into SoCal because I didn't want to be that close to home. So it was like the perfect medium and the school is just, so phenomenal where I just couldn't pass up that opportunity to get that education. Yeah. And I'm curious, what was it like for you to find out uh, that your season was going to be canceled? What was that process like? How did you find out and, you know, how stressful were those next few days? I actually remember it vividly on March 12th. We were, I was with some other freshmen and we were sitting in our office study room and we were discussing if our season was going to be canceled and what we thought was going to happen. And it was just an overall feeling of sadness and just missing opportunities because we were about to play Pac-12s. We had NCAAs. We were going to play Stanford soon. Like so many firsts that we were going to experience that just didn't get to happen. So it was really, really sad. But mm-hmm. yeah. No, and for your team, I know you guys, the record said three and four, but it was clear that you were hitting your stride and, you know, that 4-3 match you guys played against UCLA, uh, even the match where they beat you 7-0, I think there were four singles matches that went to three sets. How are you feeling about the level of your team this year? I felt like we were, like you said, we were just getting our stride and we were really starting to pick things up. We changed some training methods. We were... um just getting together. We were finally finding our groove on the courts for singles and doubles, and it was all starting to come together. We were really pumped to play Oregon and see what happened following that USC win. Yeah, no, I mean, look, you guys were a fantastic team, and it's such a shame that we don't get to see this college tennis season get played out because there are so many teams in the midst of great seasons. Um, But let's go back before college tennis let's see because obviously we've got the both of you here and I think this has to probably start with Ken the two sport athlete I know you know you played basketball northeastern tennis at Hartford but for you how did you get involved of the game of tennis where did your love with the sport all start well my first love was obviously basketball I played at northeastern with uh, Reggie Lewis played in the NCAA March Madness tournament 
And then uh, after Jim Calhoun left, who became the coach of uh, UConn and won some national championships, the program was just falling apart. So I played tennis as a junior, and uh, I decided to transfer to University of Hartford. And from there, I just, you know, I played on the pro tour a little bit. Uh, Haley's dad was also on the pro tour, and uh, he was actually Big South player of the decade for the 80s and 90s at Coastal Carolina. So we traveled together on the tour, and I just, you know, I love that lifestyle. So after we played on the tour, I moved to San Diego and uh, opened up a tennis academy out here and been going for the past 25 years. Mm-hmm. So it just, it was just I, I just love coaching. I love coaching at a high level. We've had a lot of good players come through the program. And, uh, you know, doing it with my niece is obviously something special. We started at a very young age, and we took a different route than most people, but it's worked out. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about that route, but tell me a little bit about Giovara Tennis Academy. Uh, you know, we're in Southern, we're in San Diego. Uh, we're pretty much a leader in San Diego. We've had uh, a lot of big names come through the program at one point or another, like Brandon Nakashima and uh, a lot of other names. And uh, we're just, you know, we're in the hub of it. We, we do a good job. We have a different philosophy than, than most academies where we're based on uh, our winning later rather than winning early development, not looking at rankings, not looking at UTR, not looking at tennis recruiting. And, uh, just we know our method will work out in the end if you want to play big time tennis or if you want to take a crack at the pro tour it's just our methodology is probably a little bit different and you know we probably lose a lot of players who aren't winning in the 12s and 14s but you know by by the 16s and later 18s and after that our kids seem to do uh really well Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, case in point, Haley, and for you, I'm, I'm curious, uh, you know, having family members who play the sport, that's obviously an incentive. That's how I got started in the game. You know, for you, where did your love of tennis come from? Mine came from, it was something I always grew up with, but I definitely looked at some other options when I was in high school, but I always stuck with tennis and I, my love for the sport just grew over time. Like, I just couldn't be separated from it, honestly. Mm-hmm. And for you, you know, when did you realize that it was something that you wanted to start doing full, you know, train at full time and really focus your efforts on? Well, my goal when I was a small child was always to get a D1 scholarship. And then as I got older and played higher levels of tournaments, I thought I would try the Pro Tour. And then I really started to love it and see where my game could go exactly and then this past year I went to the Australian Open I would say that's where my love like fully came in because I just became obsessed with everything (laughs) and for you I mean have you two always worked together Haley has someone in your family always been your coach yes he's always been my coach my entire life (laughs) Mm-hmm. And how did how you know how was it decided we're gonna go with Uncle Ken instead of maybe you know your dad Beats me. I wasn't a part of that decision. <laughs> Ken, you want to inform some uh, <laughs> and let us know? Uh, just the way it went down. It just uh, Rock, paper, Jay, scissors? Well, no. Jay, <laughs> Jay does more of the uh, beginning level kids and, and gets them up to speed. And I do more of the high level stuff. So, uh, you know, I just grabbed Haley early and that was it. 
Mm -hmm. And I guess this is where, you know, you talked about your philosophy a little bit earlier, but, you know, let's start with Ken and then I want to get Haley's perspective. But what has been your, you know, why, again, you you alluded to it, but training for when you're 18 and 19 and not training for when you're 12 and 14, what does that mean in practice? How does your maybe coaching strategy, your training sessions early on differ from maybe the, the average coaching experience? Well, I think uh, if anyone ever came to Haley's uh, lesson when she was about six or seven, they would think uh, we were playing a different sport. You know, <laughs> I'd have her with good technique, of course, like hit the ball to the back fence on the opposite end. Uh, we we're always developing a power game, a power mentality, a no fear, a no fear game. And if you ever watched one of her matches in the 12s or 14s, she would probably double fall 40 times a match. And but she was developing like a monster tick serve. Uh, And that was okay with me. I took the losses as a coach. I mean, the I knew everything was going to change from the rankings. I knew there was an inverse relationship to how people were winning in the 12s and 14s and what was going to happen in the later in the 16th and uh, 18th in college and the tour. I, I just I just knew that just from what what I see. And. You know, I had parents come up to me after Haley would get crushed 0-0 and make 80 unforced errors, uh, double fault 30 times and say, oh, good luck. And I just, I took the loss. I said, Haley, don't worry about it. You play the way you play. It's going to work out. And that just was my philosophy. And I don't know, to play at a high level, you, you, you really can't worry about that stuff when you're 12 and 14. You just have to develop, 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 and, you know, play with a an aggressive style and an aggressive mindset and no fear and and, and just rip the ball obviously you got to have the technical component built in we're not just swatting flies or chopping wood and the ball's going wherever everything was under the parameters of the latest technique and the best technique but that's the way that's the way we did it i mean if you look at Haley's tennis recruiting in eighth or ninth grade she was probably like 400 in her class you know and she ended up probably like 10. So uh, everything worked out. Everything, just that's just the way we do it. I mean, there were probably about 10 girls Haley's age that were at the academy at that time in the 12s and 14s. And I think all nine of them left because they weren't winning and they wanted to be ranked higher in the 12s and 14s. And then, you know, I saw them all, all the moms at hard courts last year. And they're all like, oh, my God, we messed up. We all should have listened to you, you know, so that that's just the way it went down. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I, I do want to follow up on that. But, Haley, from your perspective, did it ever get frustrating, that process? No, I mean, sure, you're building for the long term, but I imagine it's hard to keep that sort of perspective in the midst of maybe some struggles. Actually, I never thought about it. Like, it never affected me, like, I was never like, oh, why am I losing? Why am I losing? I never thought about that as a child going through the tournaments, like the 10s, 12s, and 14s. Like, I would only get mad after a loss if, like, I knew I could have done better or something like that. But it was never off of my game or that I was struggling with it. I always, like, I wasn't worried about hitting balls out. I wasn't worried about double faulting. And that never really affected me at all. Yeah, and I'm curious, Ken, is the reason you promote that, it, you just think that's the style of play that's needed to win? You know, like, Is it a product of the way the game's being played now? Why is that the philosophy for, you know, why is it 
you know, incorporating those weapons? Why is it so important to get those, you know, that mindset in so early in someone's career? Well, I think, uh, number one, if, if one of the biggest struggles as a coach is when a new kid comes to me, say they're 14, they're, you know, they're 20 in the country and they play a very defensive game and they can run down balls and they can run all day and they never miss the hardest thing to change is the emotional and mental component of that. You, it's very, you can teach them the technique and how to generate more pace or whatever, but how to step in, take the ball earlier. But in the tournament, once they start playing, they always are going to revert back to being defensive. It, it's really hard to switch the mental and emotional component of, uh, of that aspect of the sport once, you're, once that's built in at a young age. So I didn't want to have this kid have any any restrictions on that and go out and play free and accelerate. And obviously, like the Williams sisters and uh, the coaches who I would read about and, and, and look at, they all stressed that same – they all agreed that was the main uh, aspect of developing for the uh, professional level, you know. It was – no one said – make 1,000 balls a day and, and do that, and that's how you're going to, you know, have success later. It was, what From my read, it was the opposite, you know. Hit the ball hard, and then we'll make it go in and build a no-fear attitude. Dictate, step in, take the ball early, and, and play, play that game. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious from your perspective, Haley, because obviously you've got quite a few skills, to say the least. You have to if you're going to be a freshman All-American. But do you think one of the things that separates you most from your contemporaries is that fearlessness on the court, that willingness to go big regardless of the scenario? Yeah, I do. I go for some shots. Maybe when I'm not supposed to, like, there's no there's board without risk. And you go for shots and I think that that has me get more points because the girls aren't ready for it they're expecting like a 50 ball rally and I'm there to end it in like four (laughs) no do you when you make an unforced error do you get to just look at Ken and be like that one's on you (laughs) no I won't say it's on you but I definitely think it's on me and I do get frustrated when I make unforced errors but I know if I just keep playing my game then I'll see the reward come out in the match and I want to hear your perspective first on this question in terms of you know getting yourself prepared for the pro circuit because again you had had some success uh before coming to college on that level uh you know what do you think you your game needs to uh what do you need to improve the most in your game I should say uh to have you ready for the professional levels what are you looking to improve the most during your time in college tennis I'm looking to improve my mental state during matches on that because I'm not always the most positive. And I think if I can fix that and like not play my opponent and myself, but just play my opponent, then that would really break a lot of barriers for me. And also I'm trying to work on my touch because I do have a more aggressive game style and I did kind of not focus on touch as much growing up. So getting that, working on that now, especially when there's no tournaments, is going to be really beneficial. How did playing a season of doubles help you in that aspect? I worked on my volleys, and I would go for more lobs. I would say, like, I would try, like, try to work on it. I wouldn't say I'm a lobbing specialist, but <laughs> I would definitely try and incorporate that a little bit. 
in a, in a, an emerging lobbying specialist. Not there yet, but on the rise. Um, but so, same question to you, Ken. What do you think Haley uh, need? You know, what jumps does she need to make to be ready to be a professional full time? And given that you know, college tennis as a pathway to the pros, you know, there's a lot of varying views. Why do you think college tennis is a good place for Haley to improve on her game? Well, I think number one, I think that, the, you know, we've talked about this, we've analyzed, and I think the most important thing for her to be successful in the pro game now is she's proven to me and herself that she can go out there and get big wins. You know, like I said, she had five top 200 WTA wins against some pretty big names uh, just in the past year. And uh, I think the biggest thing for her right now is to follow up these wins with another win, you know? She needs more consistent results to go deeper in these tournaments to grab more WTA points. And uh, it was something that was coming together, like right before college, she was getting through the qualies. Uh, take in Canada, for one instance, she beat uh, she beat Alicia Boltland. She beat the number one girl from Ohio State. Then first round, she plays Catherine Steboff, number one seed, 180 in the world, and Haley beats her. And then next match, she goes down in a tough three-set match. But, you know, that's nine points instead of... Uh, six WTA points. So I think following up the big wins and getting through the next match without a letdown, without bringing emotion into it and just playing the next match is, uh, is, is the next step for her. Even in Rancho Santa Fe in February, her last pro tournament, you know, she beat Danielle Lau, 180 in the world pretty handedly. Haley played pretty well, like one in four. And then she played the uh, French rising star, Diana Perry, and uh, lost 7-5 in the third. So I think following up those big, big wins with getting more wins and going deeper in these WTA tournaments to grab more points, that for me is the uh, the biggest thing. And I think that's more emotional. And uh, to your second question, I think that's what college tennis is helping her a lot with because singles match day after day, every match is a big match. And she did such a great job this year of following up those wins with more wins. So I was really excited to see after the season how things were going to go on the uh, pro tour and how she was going to handle that situation, which I, you know, that was her, her obstacle of getting higher ranked. I think she topped out at 650 WTA, but uh, I think she can go way higher if she can put that stuff together. In terms of like what she was saying, the, the technical aspect. Yeah, she's getting to play uh, better defense, getting a little better feel, uh, finishing points at net. Uh, you know, those things weren't on top of the menu as we were going through this. But now that she's put those in, she's getting in uh, once the pro tours start again. Yeah, and off the court, Haley, just getting to be a student and getting to have, you know, a college social life, how has being at Cal Berkeley for a year helped your development maybe in ways that you just can't get when you're on the pro tour full time. Well, something about the pro tour is that, I mean, it is pretty lonely because you're just traveling constantly. You're not seeing as many people. You're not being around, you're not around those peers, especially when I was kind of young. So being at college around people my age and stuff like that and developing that socially, that was like a main thing for me, honestly, but yeah. yeah. No. 
And it, for you, is it inspiring, I suppose, to see so many fellow uh, you know, young players, your peers, players you grew up competing against, having success on the Pro Tour right away? Does that light any you know, fuel in the fire? Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah no, it's got to be awesome. Well, then, you know, I, I, I do want to have a little fun with you at the end, Ailey. Ha- have some fun, a little rapid fire uh, about some questions about your teammates. But, you know, j- I, I'm just curious for you guys to get to work together. And let's start with this, Ailey, to get to work with your uncle day in, day out so closely on, you know, to play a sport that both of you guys love so dearly as well. How special is that for you? How How much does that add the enjoyment to going on the court every day? Oh, so much. It's like with it's like the same thing as having an Uncle Tony. Like it's the exact same thing and it's so cool that he's seen my game from literally day one, so he knows exactly what I need to work on and I know I'm not wasting time doing other things that aren't as beneficial. Mm-hmm. Same question to you, Ken. Get to have it be your niece and, you know, obviously someone you're related to, does it make it that much more special? Oh yeah, like she said, I mean like, you know, practically every day we're out there and uh you know, we have this incredible bond together and it's just been a, the journey's just been really, really cool. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just been incredible. Yeah. No, that's awesome to hear. And again, that's why it's so fun to have both of you on the podcast today. I want to end with a rapid fire series of questions. Some teammate specific questions for you, Haley. Let's start with the Giovara edition right now the you know, the three Giovaras, Ken, uh, Haley, and Jason all get on the court. Who's walking away with the victory? Absolutely me. <laughs> Ken, same, same question. Her dad and I grew up on red clay and are like, had the exact opposite game style as her. So unless we can get under her skin or track talk, it's probably going to be Haley. Yeah, it's broken down. I feel like, Haley, once you beat them the first time, you probably haven't lost since. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. All right, if you could play doubles with one of them, who are you picking? Ooh, that's a good question. I'd say my dad. (laughs) All right, if Ken and Jason play head-to-head, Haley, who's winning? I'm just trying to get all the animosity out. Oh, oh, we've we've tried to get them on the court before. We've tried this. Mm -hmm. But it is... Oh, I don't know. My dad would get under Ken's skin for sure. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it'd, I think it'd be Ken. Ken, your thoughts? I think it'd be me. My brother walks around with a limp now from all the playing. And, <laughs> I mean, if I can't beat him, I'm done, right? <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, all right, let's flip gears. Let's go teammate edition. Haley, who is your favorite teammate to practice with at Cal? I would say I love practicing with Valentina and Julia and Anna because they give me such different things. Like Val has the same drive to play pro tournaments as me. Julia just hits such a big ball. It's so hard and fast paced. And then Anna just is the most consistent person I've ever seen. (laughs) I like it. Who is the teammate that's most likely to have an expired banana in their bag? Me. (laughs) (laughs) Just did. They're all in there still. Yeah. No, I think Valentina as well. She keeps a lot of stuff in her locker. Yeah. Um, All right. How about this one? Who is the teammate most likely to hook you to try and get under your skin at practice? Ooh, I would say none. We're all pretty, we're all pretty fair. No one really cheats. Yeah, but it's not about the cheating. It's to get under your skin. It's more like they're trying to frustrate you. But that's fair. That's fair. I can accept that answer. Uh, have you guys done any like team Zoom calls to you know stay in, cl- in contact with one another? 
Yeah, we have one every week. We actually just had our last one last Friday. Okay, so if there was a teammate that you could mute on Zoom during those calls because they just talk too much, who are you muting? Mm, I'd probably say probably me, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Again, I can accept that answer. All right, let's go quarantine edition and bring Ken back in. Ken, let's start with you. What is the, the hobby you have picked up while in quarantine? Uh, watching a lot of TV. Yeah? Is that old tennis matches or just TV in general? It's just TV in general. I, I, I get off it. I, I'm wasting a lot of time here. Oh, well, you finally have time to do it, so it makes sense. What about you, Haley? Any new any new hobbies? I cannot baking bags of cookies. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem, though. Is like, So I've been doing similar, and it's like I eat them all, though. Oh, no, I don't eat them all. I give them to Ken. <laughs> I eat them all. That <laughs> yeah, that's fair. No, that works for both of us. Um, what have you guys been doing to hit during this quarantine? Uh, I've actually – our academy has been shut down because uh, we're, at a, we're at – our academy's at a hotel. So I have a friend with a private court, and uh, we've been hitting there like three or four times a week, just hailing myself and another top junior. And uh, we've really been doing a lot of uh, – physical gym work in my garage and a lot of running just to keep the shape up it's it's actually a nice time for Haley to be like I mean have this downtime and let the body heal after all these years of grinding and uh yes finals now coming up so we've been pretty low-key but we've been getting our hits in and, and like you said working on some uh deficiencies and something that's something that she needs and without the tournaments like she said uh you can actually work on those and not have to work on your strengths all the time so We've been getting our hits in, but we've been getting in uh, good shape. Mm-hmm. And same question to you, Haley. When was the last time you had two months away from competition? Probably when I was injured, like at the beginning of last year. I hurt both of my arms and I couldn't really play. And yeah, and like I think like a couple years before that, only when I've been injured, only when I've been injured. And has it been nice to have a little bit of a time period to just step away from that sort of competition? Yeah, like for tennis, we don't really get an off season, so to have this time is really—it's kind of a silver lining, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I guess what is the thing you are though most looking forward to in terms of getting back on the court? Oh, just competition and having that sense of like not like purpose. Like I have purpose now, but being in that environment is so stimulating to me. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, last question for both of you, um, in terms of your future at Cal, what are the things, you know, what do you think this Cal, your Cal team is possible of uh, doing in the next few years? Because obviously you guys didn't have any senior starters towards the end of the year, so you could bring back a really nice team next season. Yeah, I've seen the girls coming in, and they're really good, and I think we're going to have a really strong lineup next year, and I think we're going to accomplish a lot of great things. Mm-hmm. Ken, same question to you. Yeah, I think uh, I think like you said in the beginning, their team was starting together. I think they were finding their uh, their doubles teams together and what worked well. And uh, you know they had three three quality freshmen come in and they played around the doubles lineup. And I think they finally found a group. I think Amanda and Zach are are excellent coaches, and uh, I think the talent on that team is just as good as the talent on on any team in the country. So you know, hopefully they put things together. They have. Uh, one of the girls coming in from Canada, Haley, actually won a junior ITF doubles tournament with with a long time ago. So I think they're going to be pretty strong, and I think uh, I think Cal can actually make a run next year. Hmm. Be honest, when you found out Haley was named an All-American, a little bit of jealousy, right? <laughs> 
Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, like, like, I always wanted to push her to be, like, more accomplished. Like, that was the goal. Like, some, there was no animosity, but it's like, wow, she really became an All-American as a freshman. It was just, it was just amazing. Mm-hmm. And Haley, there's been a little bit of rubbing it in his face as well, right? It's like, oh, you made an NCAA tournament in two sports. That's cool, but look what I did. Oh, yeah, of course. It has to yeah. be. <laughs> yeah, that's half the fun. Well, again, Haley, Ken, uh, congratulations to both of you. It was <clears throat> excuse me. It was an absolute blast getting to talk to you both, and I know uh, the future, uh, you know, is bright for you, obviously, Haley, and to, to anyone out there listening who, you know, is entertained and is curious to hear more, be sure to t- check out Giovara Tennis Academy. You can go to giovaratennis.com to learn more about them. Haley, Ken, again, congratulations to the both of you. Stay safe, stay healthy, and hopefully we'll get the chance to talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. And just like I just want to say you guys do an amazing job there with covering, you know, the pro level, the college game, the junior game. And just you guys just keep up the good work because the, the content is really amazing. Oh, thank you. We fake it till we make it. But, uh, you know, really appreciate you saying <laughs> that. But, uh, yeah. Take care and, you know, limit it to four cookies, Ken. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> yeah. But all right. Take care, guys. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Hope you all enjoyed our conversation with both Haley and Ken Giovara. And again, as a college tennis fan, I know I speak for all of us when I say we are looking forward to seeing what Haley's career has in store for her to be an All-American as a freshman, such a special accomplishment. And, you know, hopefully we'll get to see her again competing during this 2020-2021 season because she's off to such a special start. And again, congratulations to Ken as well for all he has done in helping her develop, um, you know, serving in not only as her uncle and supportive uh, support valve, but you know, also as her coach as well. And I will encourage all of you go check out Giovara Tennis Academy. You can check it out by going to giovaratennis.com. Uh, maybe it's something that interests you because certainly there are so many talented players uh, who are working there, and the Giovaras clearly seem to know uh, what they are doing. So thank you to them for taking the time to chat with us. And of course, we've had so many great conversations with players from throughout the college tennis world. We are such big college tennis fans here. At at Cracked Rackets for obvious reasons. I mean, it's the only form of, or it's really the only consistent form, I should say, outside of world team tennis, uh, that it, you get to see tennis played in the team format. You get to see that competition, that camaraderie, what it brings out of all of these athletes. It's always special to watch. And so, you know, conversations we've had with people like Andrew Fenty, Elliot Spaziri, and Gianni Ross, Brianna Schvetz, the future of college tennis. And then, of course, we've had so many excellent conversations with players who are, you know, seniors weighing the decision of whether to move on or whether to come back for their senior season, get one more year of development in before pursuing their post-college, you know, I suppose, pursuits um, in general. And so, you know, conversations with people like Alexa Graham, Ashley Leahy, Will Blumberg, uh, Jada Hart. I think you all will enjoy those as well. And of course, I know a lot of those players are planning to come back for 2021. And it's going to be a loaded season. It's going to be special for sure. There are going to be some amazing 
teams, and I know we are all looking forward to that. And again, if you've missed any of those conversations, you can find them all on our Cracked Interviews podcast feed. Uh, I do also want to say we've had some great ones on our Mini Break podcast as well, conversations with ITA CEO Tim Russell, uh, with Andy Katz, who covers college basketball, but of course college tennis as well for the NCAA. Uh, That's where the Blumberg conversation is as well. So be sure you're listening to that. Be sure you're listening to the Great Shot podcast, Matt Sikoyak, Chris Halley. Oris and I uh, put a cap on that 2020 men's season offering our All-Americans, our awards, our best teams, our ideal lineups. It was a very fun conversation, and if any of you have missed it, I think it still holds up a couple of weeks later, so I know all of you will enjoy that. And of course, like, rate, subscribe, review this podcast, the Mini Break podcast, the Great Shot podcast, as well as our brand new podcast, the Inside Out podcast, our first narrative-based show here at Crack Rackets, the first season of which looks at the best American male tennis players throughout uh, the open. Open era, and of course, you can find all of our content by going to our website, crackedrackets.com. Check out the YouTube channel. I promise you, you will not want to miss any of that content moving forward because Super Producer Daniel Westhoff continues to kill it on there, whether it's Hit and One, our new video series following uh, Alex Russian, whether it's CR Classics, whether it's, uh, you know, these interviews turned into videos. They're all outstanding stuff, so just go subscribe to that YouTube channel so you don't miss anything moving forward. And speaking of which, shout out to the Super Producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westhoff, for the f- of an editing job they do day in, day out. It's very easy for me to talk, much more difficult for them to make it sound coherent. So shout out to them as always. And shout out to our friends at Midwest Sports. Again, go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15 to get 15% off all of your tennis equipment needs. Also, be sure to go check out our friends at Aerobar at Aerobar.com. If you like our Getting to the Point series, you will have learned by now that nutrition and uh, and staying in shape shaped all just as valuable as your ability to hit a forehand and backhand if you want to succeed at the professional level and so as we're all making our returns to the tennis court make sure you are giving yourself the right sort of nutrition that you need to put yourself in a position to succeed uh, by going to aerobar.com ordering yourself up some aerobars use our promo code cracked 15 as well to get 15 percent off your orders there but with all that being said again for our guests Haley and Ken Giovara for our super producer Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, you have been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you all next time. Thanks, everyone.